And, uh, but I'm grateful you're here, all right? I have a lot of dads here in the audience and a lot of men in this, this room who have uh, had a great impact on my life. But my dad is awesome. I look up to my dad so much, even to this day. I remember growing up, uh, I wanted to look just like my dad, you know? And I would look at him and he has dark hair and dark eyes and I had blonde hair and blue eyes and I would just, it ain't gonna happen, you know, it ain't gonna happen. So, um, but you know, I really, I really love my dad. I respect him a lot and uh, it's exciting for me uh, because uh, in the next six weeks, uh, I could be a father. Well, I will be a father. I just don't know when. Yes. So. And uh, just we are maximizing our time now because uh, when we're alone, we will look, we look at each other, my wife, and Ayumi and I, and we just look and shake our heads and never again, you know, never again will it be this quiet, you know, never again uh, will we have this much uh, time to ourselves and so we are just making the most of this time uh, you know doing a really exciting stuff like going to the movies you know like not very exciting but you know those are things that in the future we're not going to be able to do but being a dad is something that I just feel like I've always dreamed about and to I know I got a whole world coming and you're like yeah you wait buddy but you know <laughs> but you know what it's like it's just I'm really excited and I feel like to raise some uh, just a little girl and uh, she's going to be a daddy's girl. I know it already. So um, I can't wait uh, to meet my daughter Hannah here soon. And um, also, like Ralph said, uh, graduated yesterday. And uh, so actually, I think I, this was up on the screen yesterday. Uh, so my goofy little smile there, you know, I was a little happy. Um, okay, I don't want to see you anymore. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, just, it was just a, a great time, and I had, uh, my parents weren't here. Great parents, right? I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're, they're in Kauai, uh, enjoying it, and they deserve it. You know, it's, this weekend is my dad's, uh, my parents' 20th anniversary. It's my dad's birthday, and it's Father's Day, okay? So it's a big, they, they deserve to have some time, and I'm, I'm grateful that they're there investing in their marriage and having a great time together. Um, but yeah, we've been in this series. We've been in this series called Ask It for the last couple of weeks. And the subtitle of this series, okay, the subtitle of this series, not you again, um, ask, uh, the, the subtitle has been the question that answers just about everything. The question that answers just about everything. And so for six weeks, we have been taking this single question, okay, we've been talking about this one single question, and the reason why we've been talking about it for six weeks is because we just don't want this to become another message, okay? We don't want this to be another message series that you sit here and you listen to. Uh, we don't want this just to be another lesson that maybe goes in one ear and out the other. We really hope and our biggest desire is uh, that, that this would be the lens, that this question would be the lens that you view every opportunity that you have in your life, that it would be uh, how you evaluate every decision that you make. And uh, we believe that this question will reduce the tears that you cry. Uh, we believe that this question will reduce the stress in your life. It will save you money. Who doesn't want that? It will save you time, and it will certainly save you a lot of regret. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And so for the question that we've been looking at, and when I say this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to say it with me, and, and not like in a monotone voice, but I want to hear some attitude when you say this question. And here's the question that we've been talking about. Uh, for the last couple of weeks. What's the wise thing to do? Why don't you say that with me? What's the wise thing to do? Ooh, that was good. Awesome. 
Awesome. And then we kind of made this question, what's the wise thing to do, into a three-dimensional question, okay? And so here's the three-dimensional part right here. In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? In light of my past experience, because guess what? My story is different than your story. And your story is different than mine. In light of my current circumstances, in light of my current stage of life and what's currently going on right now, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, not what is the right thing to do. Okay, this is a much better question than that. Uh, you know, not what is the legal thing to do. Hopefully, uh, you're not thinking about illegal things to do every day. So this is a much better question than that. Okay, not what's the least I can do and get by with. Okay, I hope, I hope we left that back in middle school. All right. This is a much better question than that. What is the wise thing for me to do? And so for every week since we've started this series, the homework has just been to ask it. Just ask it. Okay, you don't have to do anything about it. We just want you to get in the habit of asking it. With every opportunity and every decision you make, that you would pause, that you would take a step back, and that you would ask, okay, if I were interested in doing the wise thing, which some of you may not be, but if I were w interested in doing, you know, the wise thing, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do in this situation? And here's what we've said every week in this series so far, is that you owe it to yourself to know the answer to that question. You owe it to yourself to know the answer to that question. And in most cases, you are going to know the answer to the question as soon as you stop and ask it. Which is why we are, ha every week for homework, we've just been saying, ask it. Because once you ask it, you will know. I, I'm pretty sure most of us will know what the wise thing to do will be. So what's the wise thing for me to do? Okay, now today we're going to talk about time. The wise use of our time. And it's such an interesting thing when it comes to time because one of the things that we all have in common, every one of us, no matter where you come from, one of the things I think we all have in common when it comes to time is that we are almost always conscious of what time it is, okay? Our culture is very time sensitive. Would you agree? We are always aware of what time it is. I mean, we got watches on our wrists. We got cell phones, okay? Even for some of you students, you sit in a classroom and on the wall, there's that clock and you look at it about 300 times a day to see when class is getting out, right? And so dozens and dozens of times a day, you check to see what time it is. In fact, one of the most common questions that we ask about time is what time is it? What time is it? Hey buddy, you got the time? What time is it? Right? We always ask that question. Even while I'm preaching today, you are going to check your watch or you're going to check your cell phone, right, to see how I'm doing, which is really kind of strange because we let you out within like a five minute window every week, okay? Uh, we let you out within five minutes every week, to, but you're still going to check to see how I'm doing today. That's okay. I'm not offended. Uh, but you need to know that while I'm preaching, I have a big, huge clock down here that's not on right now, so I could be going on for like two hours today. But usually, I have a clock down here that gives me the time that I have to speak to you. And you should be glad. You should be glad about that. Um, however, the problem with always checking what time it is and uh, checking what time it is, is that it is a constant reminder of the most depressing thing about you. And that is that your time is running out. Aren't you glad you came to church today? 
In fact, there's a guy named Job in the Old Testament who wrote down some happy thoughts. Not funny. Job, happy thoughts. Anyways, Job chapter 14. I'll throw that joke right there into the trash there. Job chapter 14, verse 5. It says, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits that he cannot exceed. Job actually believed, along with other Old Testament writers, that God has basically set a time limit on everybody's life, including yours. And whether you believe that or not, here's what we all know for sure. Our time is running out. In other words, we all have a limited amount of time, which means, which means you can overeat, you can overspend, you can even overachieve, but you can't overlive, okay? Because at some point, your time is going to run out, okay? Which means it's far more important, far more important than knowing what time it is, is knowing what to do with your time, okay? So the question that we should not be asking is what time is it? Instead, we should be asking, what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my time? The truth is that your time is your most valuable asset. It is your most valuable commodity. It is the most valuable thing that you have because at some point there's not going to be any more of it. And you can make more friends. You can even make more money, but you can't make more time. Okay? You can count your money. You can count your friends, but you can't count how much time that you have left on this earth. So if there is ever an area where we need to ask the question, what is the wise thing to do? It has to do with our time because it is the most valuable thing that you have and it is limited. Your time is limited. And most of us are already old enough, okay, to be able to look back at a specific time in our life and say to ourselves, you know, man, I cannot believe I wasted so much time. I can't believe that I misspent so much of my time, that I gave away so much of my time. And going forward, as you begin to ask the question, in light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, it should become really, really clear to you how you spend your time. So, to get us all going on the same page this morning, to get us all emotionally connected, I want to make four observations about time. Now, I don't think any of this is going to be new to you, okay? You're not going to be sitting in your seat this morning thinking, ah, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, you know this, okay? What I'm going to say, you know this, okay? I think it just might, I might say it in some ways that you've never thought about before, okay? But these are things that you know. And here's the thing. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, okay, you don't consider yourself somebody that follows Jesus, Okay, everything that we are about to say right now as it pertains to time, it is so useful. It is so useful and it's so applicable, okay? And you don't, you don't even have to believe anything, but I'm telling you, if you can apply these principles on time, it will change your life, okay? Um, but if you are a disciple this morning, meaning you follow Jesus and, you know, you make it a goal every day, I want to be more and more like Jesus. Jesus, okay, and that's your goal. You follow him. You're a disciple, okay? If that is you, then this is mandatory. This is mandatory. There, there, there is no option when it comes to this, okay? Because what we're looking at today is found in the scriptures, okay? What we're looking at today is found in the scriptures. And so if you're a disciple and you follow Jesus, then this is a mandatory 
thing, okay? You see, disciples believe that every good and perfect thing comes from who? God. Every good and perfect thing comes from above, right? From the Father. And disciples believe that our time is a stewardship. That our opportunity is a stewardship. What I mean is that everything we have from God belongs to God. And we get to manage it. We get to manage it. And one of the things that you've been given the opportunity to manage and to handle is your time. And so many times, I mean, how many times have you said in your life, well, there's just not enough time or I don't have enough time, okay? Look, God has entrusted each and every one of us with time. There is enough time, okay? We need to become better stewards of the time that we have been given. We need to be faithful with the little things so that God will give us more. You see what I'm saying? And I believe that if we learn how to be, make the most out of our time and be great stewards of our time, I believe God will multiply our time and that we would become more effective and we would get the most out of it. Because ultimately, your time is your life. Your time is your life. And so here are four quick observations about time that are really going to outline the importance of asking this question as it relates to time. Okay, number one. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative, okay? Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative, okay? You know this, okay? Let me give you some illustrations. If you were to exercise 30 minutes a day, three or four days a week, week after week after week, month after month after month, it's cumulative, okay? It adds up to something. Would you agree? If you have a family and you eat dinner at home with your kids three or four nights a week, week after week after week, consistently over a long period of time, that's cumulative, meaning it adds up. If you eat healthy week after week, month after month, year after year, that's cumulative. It adds up health-wise. If you have your quiet time, meaning, and, and what a cliche word, I feel like quiet time has just become something that we say, but I'm, I'm really talking about like we really dig into God's word okay, and we spend time with him, and we pray with him day after day after day, and it becomes a habit in our lives, that's cumulative. It adds up. It makes a big difference, you know. Maybe if it, going to your small group every week or getting with somebody who you, 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 you get open with and you share all that, that the, just the stuff that you're going through in your life, and you're getting open, and you're asking advice, and you're staying in there with that person, that's cumulative, it adds up. And the reality, here's the thing, and the reality is that one week at a small group generally isn't going to change your life. Attending a church service isn't generally life-changing, okay? Attending one church service, it's not going to change your life. It is, however, cumulative, meaning if you keep doing it, if you keep going to church every week, if you keep reading your Bible every day, if you keep doing these things consistently, over time, it is cumulative. It will add up. You feel me? Yeah, awesome. But here is where we get into trouble, okay? Because Let's be real. We get into trouble with our time every now and then, okay? And here's what I want to tell you. There's no benefit in one installment. There's no benefit in one installment, and there's generally no consequence in missing one installment, okay? Let me share with you how, what, what this means, okay? This is why it's so easy for you to talk yourself out of exercising, right? 
This is why it's so easy for you to talk yourself out of exercise. Somebody calls you up and says, hey, let's go do such and such. And so you think to yourself, you know, I've been planning to work out all week, but missing one workout won't hurt anything, right? Missing one workout won't hurt anything. And you're right, missing one installment won't hurt anything. And on the other hand, making one installment doesn't hurt anything or doesn't help anything either. So if you haven't exercised in a really long time, which some of us, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but if you haven't exercised in a really long time and you decide to go work out, after you work out, nobody's gonna walk up to you and say, whoa, something's different. I mean, you may feel different, but just one workout, it's not gonna show. You get what I'm saying? Because one installment of exercise doesn't really make any different. It's constant deposits of time over time. Being consistent, that's what makes the difference. And in the areas of life that matter the most, it's those single constant deposits that make all the difference in the world because they're cumulative, meaning they add up. Okay, so number two, neglect is cumulative as well. Neglect is cumulative as well. Let's just say you make a decision to not exercise. And, and this is an example, okay? I don't think any of us are like, I decide not to work out ever, okay? I don't think any of us do that. But for the sake of my example, let's just say you make a decision not to exercise. In other words, you set a goal to not work out 30 minutes a day, three to four days a week for a one year. That's cumulative. That adds up as well. Okay, if your goal is to eat unhealthy seven days a week, four weeks a month, month after month after month for a whole year, that's cumulative, okay? It adds up. If you neglect your relationships, if you neglect your kids, if you neglect your spiritual life, if you neglect your times with God every day, if you stop coming to church or if you drop out of church or you stop being consistent in these relationships in your life, that's cumulative, it's as well, because neglect is cumulative. And the problem is that neglect is easy, isn't it? Neglect is easy and neglect is costly. It's a horrible combination. It's so easy, yet it's so costly in our lives because it's the small deposits that you make time over time over time in the areas that matter most in life. And when we choose to neglect what is important, which is easy, it ends up to be costly in our lives. And here's the thing. If you think that investing in your health is time consuming, if you think that it just makes, it just, just takes too much time in your schedule, okay? Even though it's not that much time to eat healthy, all right? But let's just say that. Just wait till you get to the point where something happens to you physically. That could have been avoided if you didn't avoid all of it. And now you got the expenses. Now you have time wasted. Now you have all the distraction that comes along with that. And you have to deal with all this stuff as a result of the neglect in your life. And at the same time, some of us here, we neglect your spiritual lives. You neglect your spiritual health. You just get too busy for God. You get too busy for your small group or for these relationships. You get too busy for church. You know, I used to read my Bible, but... I just don't have the time to read it right now. And then a crisis comes and all of a sudden you wish you could go back and you realize, wow, I paid such a high price for my neglect. 
God seems so far from me right now. My faith seems so far from me right now, and I know I should pray, but I don't even know if it's going to make a difference at all. And you begin to doubt. You see, it's always easier to neglect, but it's always costly when it comes to the areas of your life that matter the most. And, and being in a teen ministry, working with high school students, you see this, okay? Because a lot of times, with, and, and I'm just going to say this, but, and, and I don't, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, okay? So I'm not saying I have all the wisdom, but I do see a lot of the effects. And a lot of times you see parents who just expect the teen ministry to, to, to raise their kids in terms of spiritually speaking. You know, they drop them off or they expect people to come pick them up all the time and they're not investing time. Look, let me just say something, okay? You see your kids seven days a week. I see them two times, maybe three. Ralph, Yancey, my wife, all these other teen leaders, they only see them a few days a week. Our influence is so limited, okay? But when you choose to neglect that with your kids and these things in your life, it is cumulative and it adds up. Okay? As parents, it is your responsibility to help your kids spiritually. And we are here to help because we love you. Okay? And I look at every one of these kids up here and I love them to death. Okay? But this is more of a partnership, not us trying to fill in that need for you. You get what I'm saying? Number three. Random has no cumulative value. Random has no cumulative value. Again, this is something you normally, you don't think about, but this is so important as we think about the wise use of your time. There's no cumulative value in the random things that we prioritize over the important things in our lives, okay? There is no value. There is no cumulative value in the random things that we put above the important things in our lives. Let me illustrate it this way. If in this hand you put consistent exercise, Okay, You put consistent exercise here in this hand. And in this hand, you put all the things that you chose to do instead of exercising. Guess what? This adds up to nothing. It adds up to nothing. In fact, if I were to ask you, what did you do last year instead of exercising? What did you do? You would probably have no idea because all the random things that you did, they were, they were not cumulative. They didn't add up to anything. You say, well, I slept in. <laughs> well, what'd you get for all that sleeping in? Nothing, right? Well, what'd you do? I answered some emails and worked late. Well, what'd you get for all that? Nothing. Well, let's just pile all that stuff that you did randomly, okay? What do you have for all those things that you did instead of the things that were important? What do you have for all of that? Nothing. Okay? Because there is no cumulative value in the random things that we put above the important things in our lives. Okay? If you're married with kids and you take all the things that you did instead of having dinner with your family, you played golf you know, this week and you, know, you exercised and you worked late. Okay? Let's put all that in a pile. And what does that add up to? What does that add up to? Nothing. Maybe a few extra bucks, okay? It adds up to nothing because you neglected the most important things in your lives for a bunch of random things. And when you add up random, what do you get? Random. You get random. We have to be so intentional with the time. I mean, parents, again, when was the last time that you had a quiet time with your kid? 
When was the last time you read your Bible with your children or you prayed together? You can't be random and expect something great to come out of it. Sometimes we get lucky, right? But for the most part, there is no value in randomness. There is no cumulative value in being random. We have to be intentional, okay? So again, when it comes to the wise use of our time, there's, this is so important because small deposits of time over time in the important things in our lives, it adds up, okay? It's cumulative. And the last thing, the last observation is that in the areas that matter most, you can't make up for misspent time. You cannot make up for misspent time. If you're a student, here's how I would put it. In the areas that matter most, you can't, make, you can't pull an all-nighter, okay? In the areas that matter most, you cannot pull an all-nighter. You can't, okay? Here's the deal. Most of the things that you did in school, you could just pull an all-nighter and catch up, right? That's all you had to do was pull an all-nighter. Remember that class that you didn't go to, and then the deadline passed, right, where you can actually get your money back. So, so, so you had to like either, you know, take the class or you had to lose your money. And so your parents are like, well, you're paying for that. And you're like, I don't have any money to pay for this class, right? So you end up taking this class and time went by and you miss class after class after class. And then it's final exams. So what did you do? What did you do? You did what we all did. You stayed up all night studying. And you begged, you borrowed, and you stole and you did whatever you had to do, and you stayed up all night st studying, and you did your best, and you got a C. Yeah, C. <laughs> because C's get degrees. That's what you kept telling yourself, right? C's get degrees. The problem is that there are areas of life where that works. There's areas of life where that kind of mentality works, you know. Maybe you're getting ready for a presentation or a meeting, right? And so you wake up in the morning and you realize, oh my gosh, I forgot. I totally forgot that I have a presentation today. And so you get to work early and you start cramming all the information and you're trying to la get it all ready last minute. And then you deliver this presentation and you just knock it out of the park. And people are going, man, that was the best presentation I've ever heard. And you're like, yeah. That's awesome, all right? And so you think, well, I'm going to procrastinate every time now, right? In fact, you say to yourself, I work better under pressure, right? That's what you say. No. But here's what I want you to understand. The way that God made this world to work, you cannot cram, you cannot pull an all-nighter to make up for the most important areas of your life. You cannot pull an all-nighter, okay? You cannot make up for misspent time in the most important areas of your life. For example, if you have a family and you haven't been having dinner with your family on a consistent basis, you cannot make up for that. And when I look back on a time in my life when I chose to walk away from God, okay, as a 17-year-old kid, I decided I don't want to be a disciple anymore. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to, I was just not in it, okay? And it would be so easy for my parents, you know, to get discouraged. And I feel like my parents did so many amazing things growing up. I also feel like my parents made a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I could say that because they're 2,000 miles away on a the beach. <laughs> they're not here, okay? But they did a lot of great things. And here, and I'm speaking, if I could speak to a group here, I know there's some parents here and you have children and they're not interested at all, maybe in, in, in following Jesus at this point. Okay. And I understand, I remember seeing 
my parents struggle through this time. But one of the things that they did, okay, regardless of how far I pushed away from them, my dad always says, if you live in my house, you're going to have dinner with us every night. And you're going to be at family devotional every week. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you don't want to come. If you're here, this is what you're going to do. Okay? And I didn't like it. And I would like drag my feet into the room and answer the questions. But you know what they were doing? They were planting seeds of faith in my heart. Okay? And even though sometimes my heart was hard and it didn't sink in, over time, consistently doing this thing over time, that seed, my heart began to soften. And I really believe I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those consistent times my dad and my family invested. Even if it was around the dinner table, it made a difference. So if there's any encouragement, invest small amounts of time over time in those things, okay? But the point is, if you are one of those families where you just work too hard and we just don't do the whole family dinner thing, Okay, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, my kids, they're getting older, they're growing up, and we're all kind of going separate ways. I need to make up for this. Okay, you can't cram for that. You can't cram for misspent time. Okay, you can't say, hey kids, look, on Saturday we're going to have breakfast, and we're going to sit at the breakfast table for about eight hours. (laughs) And we're going to make up for all those meals that we didn't have together. Okay, that is going to be a disaster. Don't do it. Okay, it probably will turn out to be really bad if you do that. Okay, but listen, this is so important. So important. You cannot cram in the areas of life that matter the most. You just can't. Okay, you cannot cram with your health. You cannot cram in your relationships. You cannot cram in your marriage. You cannot cram with your kids. You cannot cram with your friendships. You cannot cram. The time comes and the time goes. And if it's misspent, you can't get it back. It's gone. You can't get that time back. It's gone forever. Okay? You cannot make up for the lost time in the areas of life that matter the most. This is true with your faith. This is true with your intimacy with God. This is true with your spiritual growth. This is important. This is, this is for everything in your life that is important. You know, my sister Julia, not only did I, I'm, I'm not only a, a member of the class of 2014, but my sister just graduated last week from Benita High School. Julia, yeah. And thinking about this idea of in the areas of, that matter the most, you cannot make up for a misspent time. You know, I was so proud. I looked at my sister, uh, this beautiful young woman who loves God, uh, just an amazing high school career, just academically. She has like a 4.5 genius status, you know. She's really smart, and she's going to go to UCI. And I, can't, I couldn't imagine just, you know, I was just watching her at her graduation and at her grad party, and I was just so proud of her. But there was a part of me that felt sad as I thought back on high school because I felt like I pushed so far away from the important things. And I hurt my parents and I didn't want to spend time with them. I mean, in fact, every opportunity I could, I would get out of the house. And academically, I started off high school really well, getting a, straight A's. And then by senior year, I was getting like a couple F's, almost didn't graduate. But I look back on this time in my life and I can't help but feel like, man, like I missed out. I can't get that time back. And it's not all bad news. You know, when I, 
I feel like when I came back to God, I mean, I look at the last six years and I'm going, whoa, a lot has happened. You know, if I, if I wasn't, I think, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have a ch- child on the way. I wouldn't be making a difference in young people's lives. There's so many things I wouldn't be doing, okay? So even though we have maybe misspent time in our life, there is hope that we can still make the most of the time we have right now in the moment. We can still make the most of that time. Now, another area we try to this is with exercise, okay? Has anyone ever tried the mega workout? Maybe you know where I'm going with this, okay? You know what the mega workout is. It's like you haven't worked out for three months and you feel so guilty and you feel so overweight and you're like, okay, I'm going to make up for all this lost workout time with a mega workout. Anybody know? Like two honest people in the crowd. Okay, two honest people. So what happens? You go to the gym and you do like every machine twice, right? (laughs) You do everything. You're like looking at people working out and you're like, you know, you're like trying to do what they're doing. You're mimicking everything that everybody else is doing because you have all this time that you need to make up for because you haven't been going to the gym. And the next morning, your body sends you a message. And the message is, you are so dumb. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? That is not how it works. You cannot make up for lost gym time with a mega workout, okay? You can't do that. And in the areas that are most important in life, you cannot make up for lost time. It worked in school, okay? It worked uh, with exams. It worked with presentations. It doesn't work in relationships. It does not work financially. It does not work spiritually. It does not work with our spiritual maturity because guess what? Spiritual maturity is maturity. And maturity takes time. You cannot cram for maturity. It takes time and it takes constant deposits of time over time to gain maturity, okay? However, don't go home today and say, I haven't been reading my Bible. I'm going to read the whole Bible, okay? (laughs) Don't, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. That doesn't work either. It's small deposits of time over time. It's starting with today. I'm going to read my Bible consistently every day this week. And I guarantee you'll see the change. You cannot cram. That's just the way the world works. Now, if that's the case for you, and you might argue with some of the smaller points that I have this morning, but in general, you know this to be the case, okay, in the most important areas of your life. And if that's really the way the world works, okay, if that's really what Christians believe that God has made the world to work if you need small deposits of time over time in the most important areas of life, then what would you expect God to say on this topic of time? And if, it, if God really does love you and if you really believe that, what would he say to you on this topic of time? And so here's what the Apostle Paul says that God says as it pertains to time. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, therefore, be careful. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Of all the things that he could have said as it pertains to wisdom, the one thing that the Apostle Paul decided to pause and reference specifically was what? Our time. It was 
our time because he understood that time equals life, okay? Time is your most valuable asset. You can't get any extra when you run out. It's just out. Once your time is up, it's done. You cannot save it for the future because when it's over, it's over. And he says, if you're going to walk wisely and if you're going to be careful how you live your life, then you have got to be specifically careful about how you use your time. You need to be thinking about what you're doing with your time. Instead of thinking, what time is it? How am I using my time? And he says, you know, he says that. And then look at this next phrase right here. Making the most of your time. And this little phrase, making the most, literally means getting the full value of. Getting the full value of. He says, I want you to get the full value of your time, meaning as you consider the amount of time that you have and as you consider what you do with your time, make sure you're getting full value out of your time. Get the full value out of your time. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, getting the most value out of your time. And then there is a reason behind what he's saying and he goes on to say, because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Now, this, in his particular context, he was probably referring to something specific. But this actually applies to all of us as well. Because when he says the days are evil, he's talking about the culture they lived in. He's talking about the times that they lived in. And here's what I know, and here's what you know, okay? If I spend my time the way culture would have me spend my time, if I spent my time as culture would have me spend my time, if I spent my time as my appetite would have me spend my time, I will not only lose out on making the most of my time, I will waste the time that I have. Think about it. You, you have your marriage like every, the culture, our culture, you have a marriage just like everybody else or you have relationships with your kids, or, you know what I mean? Look at where our culture, if you lived like our culture, where would that take you? Not in a good place. The days are evil. The days are evil. Because your appetites, they're not going to help you. And for the most part, culture isn't going to help you, okay? It's not going to help you because culture is trying to get you to focus on right now and not the future, okay? It, culture wants you to focus on right now now and not later. It doesn't matter if I don't read my Bible today. It doesn't matter if I miss my group tonight. It doesn't matter if I miss another search service. It doesn't matter if I don't work out. It doesn't matter if I don't eat right, right? It's all about now because missing one installment won't matter. And while that's true, that's true. For many of us, it leads to destructive habits and we end up looking back and wondering why we wasted so much time. Why did I waste so much time? And not just our time, but our life. So Paul says to the disciples specifically, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Because after all, if you're not intentional, okay, if you're accidental and if you're random, you'll look back on this stage of your life that you're in, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's single life, whether it's being married or being a young married, whether it's having children that are young, whatever stage in life you're in right now, you will look back on this, in this stage and you'll think, ah, I wasted so much time. How could I have been so foolish to have wasted 
so much of my time. So here's my question for you this morning. Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time, okay? In light, in light of your past experience, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? So the, so the truth is, some of you have some bad habits, right? Some of you have some bad habits. The truth is, some of you have racked up so much debt. The truth is, some of us have damaged some really important relationships in our lives. The truth is, some of us are just maybe out of shape. Maybe that's where you're at. And for some of you, it's been so long since you've engaged in any kind of spiritual discipline. It's been so long since you've you've really engaged in a personal spiritual activity for yourself and your relationship with God. So in light of where you've been, what's happening, and where you want to be in the future, what do you need to do right now? Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time over time? What would it look like to be wise with our time? Okay, the second part of this, in light of your current circumstances, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? High school students and some of the college students in the room, guess what? Okay, and I'm learning this right now, but you have more time in your life now than you will ever have okay? Make the most of this time. Make the most. Do something big. Dream big, but make most of this time, because as you get older, you're going to have less and less time. And so make the most of the time you have right now. And then the third aspect is your future hopes and dreams, okay? In light of your future hopes and dreams, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time, And all of us have an image in our mind where we want to be relationally. We all have an image in our mind of where we want to be spiritually or in our finances or in our health. Okay, so in light of all these things, where do you need to begin making small deposits of time in light of where you want to be in the future? Okay, so when you string all this together, and I know I'm repeating myself like a three million times, okay, but I'm really trying to convey this message and I'm trying to help it sink into your brain. So if we combine all these things in light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Physically, relationally, spiritually, financially, professionally, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? And, and before I close out, I wanted to share a little bit. Now, as I, I look, me and my wife were coming up on about four years in marriage, Okay, almost four years. And um, it's flown by, okay? It's been amazing. And I love her more today than I've ever loved you before, Ayumi. You're amazing. And, um, but a couple of years ago, because of our schedules and where we were at, you know, she was working in a, a Marriott. Okay, and as you know, the hotel industry, okay, it's, it's busy. There's never a day off in the hotel industry. And she would work late hours up until about 1 o'clock every night. And, you know, I would do my own thing. I would be getting with teens and having Bible studies. And so we kind of had our own schedules. Even as marrieds, we kind of, you know, we, had, we were doing a lot of things separately. Okay? And for me, to be honest with you, what drove me a lot is my fear. Like, I felt like up to my, my chin with fear. Because I feel like my greatest fear is not to measure up. My greatest fear is not being able to provide for my wife and now my future child. 
And I just felt swallowed by this fear. And so what it drove me to do was to con- just, instead of prioritizing my marriage in the areas that matter most, I started, you know, in, in, with getting with people. And even when I was with my wife, I was, in, I was somewhere else. I was thinking about people. I was thinking about other things. And it, and, it, and it really began to build tension up in our marriage. And this was just probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago, where this all came to a point. And so we got with a couple and they said, you know what? Are you guys even taking days off? And we weren't taking any days off during the week. We weren't having dinner together ever. And we sat down and it's like, you know, we want to have kids one day, but what are we going to bring this child into? If I can't prioritize time with my wife right now, what makes me think I'm going to do that with my child someday? And so we made a decision. Mondays are our day off. Okay, I don't do anything. Okay, I don't answer calls. Okay, I don't do that most of the time, okay? Okay, you got it late. There you go. I'm trying. I'm working on that. But, you know, I don't, I try not to be on, we try to, we recently just like no, no electronics, okay? We, we shut off the phones. We shut off the TV. We're, we just spend time together that day. That is our Sabbath. That is the day we spend time with each other and with God, okay? Also, I understood that I can't just cram one day a week all this time. So we started making it a priority every night to be home around 6 to 7 o'clock so we can have dinner together every single day. And obviously there's times where you have church or there's things that come up, but for the most part, we started prioritizing. And I'm, le- I'm just telling you, our marriage since that point has just shot higher and higher. And we've been, does that make sense? And we've been closer than we've ever been close, closer before. And I just feel like it's making those consistent deposits of time over time that make the biggest difference. You can't cram for that. You cannot cram for that. And so let me close out because I told you without a clock, I'm going to go long, okay? So I'm already going a little long. But let me close this out for you. In the certain areas of your life, if you don't make consistent deposits of time, you can't make up for later. You cannot cram for it, okay? You cannot cram for your relationships, your spiritual maturity. You cannot cram for your relationships. Maturity takes time. It takes time. So as I've been talking and as I went through all these different things, what comes to mind for you? What is it that comes to mind for you? And what areas of your life do you need to begin making small deposits of time? And you probably know the answer to that question. You know the answer to that question, but do you have the courage now to act on it? And I, and I believe you do. I believe everyone in here wants to make the most of their time. Okay? I believe that you do. So let me close this out. One more time. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And if you do, in the next stage of your life, you'll look back at this time in your life and you'll be glad that you made the decisions that you did. So, will you ask it? Will you ask it? In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this morning and thank you so much for uh, those of us who are here, and I pray, God, that this message on time, we all need it. God, you've given us time to manage in our life, and I know that if we can prove faithful with the time that we have, God, you will multiply it. 
But I pray, God, that we would really understand these principles that we've talked about.